Oh, I love thinking about like. The, oh, you know what would the, be a fun? You know what would be a fun one to brothers? do? No, no, I was just, should... a fun. A fun heritage moment though that that would be good. What would be? Uh, I, like I don't know how much you'd be able to get out of it, but Sergey Shirokov. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that would be, be down. that would be fun. Preseason legend Sergey Shirokov. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, because we could talk about Hunter and Carrick like having a good preseason and like other randoms. Uh, actually, that's oh, not Nolan. a bad idea. Like like preseason legends. That would be that would be a We're fun. We're doing line. such a go- good job with this niche. <laughs> oh yeah, no, one hundred percent. Um, I would love also. Okay, so preseasons. Yeah. And, uh, fail brothers. Oh yeah, because yeah, fail brothers. A lot of fail brothers. <laughs> exactly. Good, yeah. Fedorov. Yeah. Pronger. Subban. Subban. Oh. We're missing some though. Um, There's definitely more. Fedorov, Pronger, Subban, Granlund. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh there's others. Let's think. Sadin. <laughs> Sadin. That's always yeah. my go-to joke. It's, it's like the Canucks and their long yeah. history of second best brothers, blah yeah. blah blah blah, Daniel Sadin or Henrik Sadin depending on the day. Can I can yeah. I I'll I'll be 100% honest with you. My extremely hot take is I think Daniel is the better Sadin. Which is really not he like scores okay, more goals. The correct okay, the correct answer to the question who's the better Sadin? games. The correct answer to the question, who's the better Sedin, is shut the fuck up, moron. But if you if you have to pick, I pick Daniel because Daniel had the more, like, he was more consistent over his career. And he was yeah. much better by the end of their careers. Like, yeah. he, he still had 22 goals in his last year. Yeah. Whereas, whereas That's Hen- crazy. Henrik, that is crazy. Henrik yeah. had three. And I know goals were never <laughs> his, like, thing, but he he's definitely started towards the end of his career is like his point totals looked good, but a lot of that was secondary assists. Yeah. Which is like, I think if I had to say, I think I would say that like Daniel was better at the beginning and the end of his career. Yeah, and, and, and then Henrik's peak was higher. Yeah, but totally. Yeah. Again, yeah, I sure. agree with you. It's shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's, <laughs> who cares? Yeah. It's who cares? Yeah. They're both. Yeah. You the can't way separate them like that. The way to figure it out would be to figure out, like look at if you could find out the third assists. Oh yeah! If totally. you could do that, yeah. and then you shut the fuck up, Boron. Yeah, yeah, totally. Then, then absolutely. Here's a um, here's a good one. What do you guys think about? We should do a Roger Nielsen episode. Okay. What do you guys think about having Christina on as the guest? Because she, because she loves him. Yeah. Because she loves him. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to Roxy Fever. <laughs> oh, I, I think actually, like, yeah, let's give them the episode. That was like a good preview for like the mind that we're the mind meld we're doing here. With the, with the heritage classics. Are you just going to start the episode? Hell yes, now? I am. I've decided. Yeah. <laughs> you know when Christina comes on for it's that? It's a coup. It's a coup. <laughs> Fine. Get MIT to tell you it's not later. Uh, okay, I did I did have someone <laughs> tell me recently, um, not specifically pertaining to our show, but just that in general... Don't it's, swear? No, that it's good... Oh, <laughs> fucking Lee, pal. Uh, that it's good to always do a sign on where you say who everybody is yes, because if there's new listeners then absolutely. they know who's talking absolutely so uh hi everyone <laughs> welcome to roxy fever i'm jackson joining me counter revolutionary jackson i'm vias Saran. and joining us across the pond elliot hoyt now as you were saying vias i know interrupting people is wow. wrong so i'm very sorry to do that um you know, I know you wouldn't know what that feels Welcome like. Welcome to the but. first inside joke, new listener. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are doing, we just recorded uh, uh, like a kick-ass 
premium episode. Second of of two very very kick ass premium episodes. Well, we've done we've done premiums before, but, but this is part of our series. It's a new series that's very good called the Heritage opinion. Moments. And when yeah. Christine is on, with the Heritage Moments, <laughs> um, who has not agreed to come on? So I don't know why we're I don't know why we're with a name like that. Who wouldn't come on? Uh, <laughs> my God, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah, uh, if if you haven't donated yet to the Patreon, uh, what are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, we just did an excellent give your episode. money to Roxy Us. Fever. <laughs> uh, we just did an excellent episode about the peanut butter game. Yes. Uh, see, you remember that, right? In your head, listener. And if yeah. you don't know what it is, you'll just have to subscribe to find out. <laughs> and we're gonna put out a teaser. Uh, yes, that's right. Uh, five minutes of some good clubs from there. Five uh, minutes tops. Five minutes tops. Awesome episode. You should really subscribe. Some I'm glad best. that you're. I'm glad that you're pushing it because I have, I've my new thing with with Roxy Fever is just that like I put enough work into it, so I haven't been promoting anything at all. No maybe, worries, because I've been I've been uh, lazy. But regardless, it is hilarious for me to just like ninety percent what's it and stuff, and then one. <laughs> <laughs> you should tweet about the connection for account more. I know that like. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I can't should, see how it I would should, be more yeah. damaging than than being like, hey, Vic PD, suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> Which is every other tweet that you do. Very fair. Yeah. So, welcome to the episode. Vyas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Delmanic, welcome. <laughs> Taking over you know hosting Vic duties. P- Did you know the Vic PD chief of police is a brown guy? No, I'm not surprised though. Fucking, there's six of us in this city. One of them had to be the fucking chief. Isn't the uh, chief of police in Vancouver a Chinese guy? No, not anymore. Not anymore. Okay, uh, but he was, know, right? Do you, Elliot, do you know who he works for now? Jim Chu. He is the oh, com- shit. He's the communications guy for the Aquilini family. Oh fuck! Really? <laughs> yes. Holy yeah. shit! Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> he's the guy who has to be like. Nothing bad happened when kids die in trailers in their fucking farms. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. I don't think yeah. he's... So like, the Aquilinis are literally cops. Oh, for, yeah. That for sure. rules. For sure. I mean, it doesn't rule at all, but it's, <laughs> it's the singularity. We're approaching that. Yeah. Heightening it's the so, contradictions, right? <laughs> uh, smarter people than us will call this something here dialectics. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Okay. It's so funny when people think I know we, leftism. We are, yeah, uh, same. We are way off track here. Um, this is our first episode since the closing of the trade deadline, which means that, you know, and we, I think... And we got it in before the deadline, which is what <laughs> smart people do. That's right, yes. No. Um, I mean, ultimately, I predicted that nothing would happen uh, off air before on the day before the trade deadline when we recorded. Something did happen... But honestly, it, I don't think it was big enough to warrant having put the episode off for, for another day. I already forgot um, what happened. The Canucks traded a minor league goaltender whose name I literally already oh, forgot, yeah. Zane McIntyre, yeah. for Louis Domingue. And that is not the story because that's boring and not interesting. And Louis Domingue, come next year, is probably either not going to be on the Canucks or going to be in the AHL. But... The, the real story here is Jacob Markstrom has a torn meniscus mm-hmm. <laughs> and is going to be out. We know we're, we're well, they're reevaluating in two weeks. So we know based on um, 
based on the testimony of noted knee expert best mode on Twitter, <laughs> that uh, recovery time for this is probably four to eight weeks. So is best yeah. mode like a surgeon? Or? I don't. I can't remember what his deal is. Okay. Do you know Elliot? He's a yeah. He's like a joint nurse. Whatever the word is for joint. Uh, bones. Right. Okay. Uh, fuck. <laughs> so he he is to bones what you are to batteries, basically. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I so explaining everyone's job extremely poorly is a hallmark <laughs> of our show. Something that I I thought was funny about this move. And it's continuing on a theme that we talked about last week when the Canucks traded for Tyler Toffoli is how great the Canucks have been this year specifically at burying the lead where it's like they put out a piece of information. And losing it. <laughs> yeah. Burying and blowing leads this week. Yeah. Um, the uh, Because the first thing that came out was that they had traded for Louis Domingue. And it was like, it was almost going to be kind of con- this confusing thing like why did they do that but friend of the show patrick johnson of the province uh was was on the case immediately and was able to clear up what exactly happened and that markstrom had uh had left the ice because of an injury and so thankfully we were able to get some clarity there but it really did seem like the canucks were trying to do a very good job of always just obscuring like what the fuck is going on with their trades and what which is weird because you know, as little as like two years ago, I, I remember someone telling a story that Jim Benning was literally such an open book that he that like this fan went up and talked to him and Jim Benning like opened his briefcase and like showed him stuff. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or if they were just making that up uh, as like a Twitter joke thing. Benning is such a puppy. I know. Like when you tell me stories like that, I, I, I'm honestly. Like, I, I think about I think about this sometimes I like him more. <laughs> and well, I think about it sometimes. The thing with Jim Benning that's frustrating is that like ultimately what you root for is you want like a better GM because you want somebody who can enact the vision of the owner better, right? Yeah. But the thing yeah. is is that like the root of the problem is- was always that the ownership had had a bad mandate, right? Yeah. So you root for for you know, for a while, it's been like, okay, Jim needs to either get a shit together or go because we need somebody who can do this effectively. But the root of the problem is was always that the goal was was bad to yeah. begin with. So it it feels a little bit unfair to get too too mad at yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. man who has been not so affectionately dubbed Dim Jim by some. <laughs> I uh, I don't like being mean to Jim Benning, except when I do the voice. That is funny. Jim Benning is the yeah. ultimate. Joe Biden from The Onion to me. Oh, 100%. Where yes. this idea of him, I'm like, this, this guy rules. Yeah, totally. This is hilarious. Yeah, me and Biden yeah, exactly. It's just real Biden. But he sucks. should not be allowed to drive a car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Listen up, Mac. <laughs> What's funnier? The Onion Joe Biden or episode one Joe Biden? <laughs> uh, good question. Fuck. We're not talking about this. Looky, oh. looky here, fat. <laughs> I used to drive my big car. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, <clears throat> uh, go listen to episode one. Of the okay. episode, yeah, please. Very, very off track. Um, so yeah, the big story here is is that that Jacob Markstrom is very hurt and is going to be out for a while. And wouldn't you know it? Uh, that has not been good for the Canucks. It's been <laughs> no. very bad, actually. 
I don't know how much I know Vias. You've been really busy lately, so you haven't been like super duper keeping abreast. Of, okay, well, of I was looking. At, I was looking the calendar, and yes. for a moment when we were talking about the trade deadline, and like, oh, all this information shows up suddenly. Yes. Uh, it seems like that's a bad thing on the Canucks part. Yeah, totally. But so it was the Bruins game, which was in the twenty second. That's right. Uh, that that the Markstrom injury likely happened. I uh, think. From, I like, think that's the speculation. Yeah, sure, pushing somebody, and then they. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Or it was Hughes, I think, pushing Hughes. somebody. But oh, yeah, no. um, you then, never know exactly yeah. where an injury happens because usually yeah. the thing is, often, especially with something like a meniscus tear, it's not that you <laughs> sustained an injury; it's that you sustained a minor thing a while before, and then yeah. something else happened, and you tweaked it, and then a third thing happened, and now it's like really bad yeah. there's a problem yeah. and you need surgery or something right so it's impossible to say like when and it happened for sure but. the trades happen on the 25th that's so right. it's like three days or in two days yeah 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 just before that or just right. after right. i can't remember what day the trade that was yeah, on, that, that was the thing yet. that i was like holy fuck have they not told us that he has like a problem is that, okay no, yeah it's, it's understandable yeah there's nobody to blame here really so they yeah they played the bruins on the 22nd one in very convincing fashion uh, then played the Canadians, uh, did not play very well, but managed to squeak out the win basically due to mostly kind of dumb luck, I thought. Um, was that an overtime win? I did not. Yes, it was. It was okay. the overtime win. Right. And then as of date of recording, they've pl- they've lost three straight to the Senators, Maple Leafs, and Blue Jackets. And I have to change my calendar there. But um, I think the, the real disaster game was last night against the blue jackets which was interesting for a number of reasons um i think interesting (laughs) chiefly because probably in the past since the bruins game their best game that they've played like they they performed jackets game the jackets game yeah they played extremely well for 52 minutes and then in the last eight minutes, and this was this is funny because it was it was literally like my mom was in town and I was going to dinner with her, and there was eight there was basically like ten minutes left in the game, and yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah, it's fine, I'm gonna go, <laughs> I, I I can't watch the rest of this game anyways. And then I go to the restaurant, I sit down, I look at my phone, and they lost five, five three, two, five three. <laughs> right. I was like, what the yeah. fuck? And I had to get because definitely with ten minutes left, I started doing stuff too, and I was just like, ah, it's fine. Yeah, totally. Not as not as bad as the one time with two seconds left in like the third round of the Raptors against the Seventy (laughs) Sixers. Oh man, that's so brutal! I forgot they're they're going to tie it up. It's going to go overtime. I'm going to listen to it in the car, and I jumped out of the couch. And then missed like the most exciting the moment of that playoffs. The most iconic moment in Raptors history. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Justin Morissette let me on to a real good show yeah. uh, on a great episode. One of the last day. episodes of a real good show I so far. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was. It was that. That is funny that you missed that. That is much worse than uh, than me missing <laughs> the, uh, Columbus Blue the Columbus game Blue Jackets on game in February. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but like I just imagined criminal trial <laughs> you need an alibi. <laughs> like uh I was at the Columbus Blue Jackets game on a Sunday in February. Like nobody nobody was at that game. Throw <laughs> <laughs> uh, evidence thrown out. Yeah. Um so this was a th- this has been an interesting week because it's been, I think, kind of a proof of concept of what a lot of people, namely me, <laughs> have been saying all season. Which is that we need it? We need a jingle for Jackson's right. 
<laughs> Jackson tells us he's I mean, right. I may, yeah, it's I certainly you know it's because if I don't remind people, then no one will ever take notice. So it's very important. But I mean, it's certainly not just me. It's been a lot of people who yeah. have uh, people are saying it more and more. Yeah. You might say, yeah. um, not us, me. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's been really interesting to see them collapse and see the way that the media narratives have changed and and the way that the attitudes have changed because the play on the ice really has not that much. What's what's the biggest difference is that they aren't getting bailed out by their goaltending anymore. Um, mainly because, main, not even because uh, Thatcher Demko is a bad goalie, but just because he's inexperienced, and so and hasn't been playing much this year. Exactly, They've been riding no. marks from like crazy. This is and this is an interesting point that I think is is has been lost among all of the all the the talk is that like this is ultimately Am- amongst good. all the other points the Canucks have lost. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was good. No, was just, that that was kind of too good to get like a. For me to be get mad go, at it, go. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, is that this kind of needed to happen at some point? Like the Canucks n- not only need to know what they have in Demko, but Demko, if he's going to be a starter one day, needs to actually play some games. And I think they've really mishandled him mm-hmm. over the past few yeah. years. He should have been a full time backup last year, and he didn't get called up until what two thirds of the way through the season, at least. When they traded Anders Nilsson, I think even later than two thirds of the way through the season. Um, so now, you know, we're just seeing him have these growing pains, which were probably always going to happen. But of course, the narrative has just been like, oh my God, Demko sucks. Like, they're going to have to re sign Markstrom and blah, blah, blah. And it's just, it's so. I've been, something that's been rattling around, around in my brain a lot this week, ever since the Canucks lost Markstrom, is how quickly people who need four, five years of bad performance to feel comfortable criticizing a general manager, how quickly those people will turn on players after sometimes two, three games. Yeah. it's It's been fascinating. Mm-hmm. I saw people the other day saying that, like, Pedersen's not playing well enough or producing well enough. I saw people go after Quinn Hughes for being inconsistent. Some people Patterson has had the quietest point per game season ever in the NHL. Yeah, I would say so. It's because, and it's because Vancouver fans are, uh, they have really bad shiny new toy syndrome. So I I mentioned this in, in a mailbag question today where someone asked about Patterson, where I said like, how many dozens of takes and articles have we gotten about how JT Miller makes Elias Pettersson better? Not one article about the fact that JT Miller, his best career season was a 58-point season like three years ago before he came to Vancouver and played mm-hmm. with Elias Pettersson. Mm-hmm. Who's making who better? Like, who's really making who better? And the numbers definitely say that they're about neck and neck. But yeah, unless you think JT Miller took, like, a giant... 25% increase in his age 26 season? Yeah, exactly. Or do you think that Pedersen as a 21-year-old is getting better still? And it's probably Pedersen. He's going to yeah. exceed his all of his totals from last year, including yeah. points per totally. game. And, and the thing is, is that last season, everyone was saying, be careful about, like, worry about the sophomore slump because his numbers aren't sustainable. 
and wouldn't you know it, his shooting percentage has regressed. Yep. All all that stuff has regressed, and he's still doing better than he mm-hmm. was last year. Because I don't know how many people I need to need to hear this, but Elias Pettersson is an extremely fucking good player. Like he's one of the best players in the league. Is he already. better? Is he also better than you, Jackson? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, it's it's been it's been frustrating uh, to see it happen to to see it happen to Demko and and certainly Demko for the most part, but also to a lesser extent, you see it with Pedersen and Hughes from some fans too. Because we, I already, I feel like I've already been through this frustration with Brock Besser earlier in the year, especially with Tyler Toffoli coming in and and playing reasonably well in Besser's absence. Uh, we were already seeing a lot of takes about like, oh, Jake Vertanen's good now. Do we really need Besser? Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. with Tyler Toffoli playing well, it's like, well, if the Canucks re-sign Tyler Toffoli, they don't really need Brock Besser. And it's like Besser is pro- like definitely better than Jake Vertanen and almost certainly also better than Tyler Toffoli. Yeah. If he can stay yeah. healthy. And health yeah, has been a problem. Mm-hmm. So For sure. But I know, Vias, you were very much on team playoffs. Yeah, because I I'm not gonna I I just I just don't want to keep being pissed all the time. <laughs> I, I Fair. Think the, like we're close. You see what it's done to you me. We might as well see it. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We we might as well see it happen if we're close. And now I am in a bit like holy shit mode. Is so They're really gonna shit shit the bed, aren't they? I mean, and I thought that. Look, I didn't watch the Leafs game. I didn't watch any games that Thatcher has played this year. Yeah. Fair. So I don't know how he's been. I haven't like followed any any progress. He him. was excellent up until the point that Markstrom went down, and he was very good in his first game. With after. how many? With how how many games were those though? That sorry well, uh, after Markstrom left, right? Like what? Three games. He's played three games since Markstrom went. Okay, down, I believe he won the Cavs game. Yeah, and he was good. Senators. Like he he let in a one ugly goal, but he played well. Senators. Uh yeah, he played against the Senators. He was not good. Um, and he was not very good against the Leafs either. All right. But the thing... That's two games. The thing, too, though, is that, like, the ugly goal, the one that everybody was was saying, like, Demko's got to have that, yeah. in the in the Maple Leafs game, he, it was Austin Matthews. And it's like, there are a lot of players that you could fuck, you could fuck up there and get away with it. Yeah, Austin Matthews like, scores sneaky yeah, goals. Exactly. Like, it's not really just goals. that he can make a lot of goalies look bad. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's just, it's been interesting seeing, you know, the posse police, like, suddenly turn on all these players. Is that, a, sorry. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sure, why not? <laughs> um, Go on. <laughs> no, no, it's it's been, it's just been, it's been very interesting for me because uh, all of a sudden I'm it's like the shoes on the other foot and I'm the one being like, everybody needs to calm down. Mm-hmm, that like mm-hmm. the, the players, well, the core the players are all, good. <laughs> sorry, but we all expected the connects to be a mediocre team. And like, I mean, obviously they're better than Jackson and I thought like a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. I mean, we'll see, we'll see at the end of the year. Trash. Yeah, totally. But like, so when like, like we were start... saying before the connects and the Rangers are tied. Yes, off air, yeah. Vias noticed that the Canucks and Rangers have the same El- amount of points El- right did. now. Oh, Elliot did, yeah. yeah, and and the Rangers are seventh in their division. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, <laughs> sorry, go on, Elliot. So, but we thought the Canucks would be like a pretty middle of the pack team, and we thought they'd be on the outside looking in. They're mm-hmm. not. They're currently falling out of a playoff spot. Yes. So when that happens, we're not that surprised because you know 
we're expecting them not to be a bottom 10 team and anything on top of that is gravy. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And if I, you're a guy who's built his identity around being, oh no, we're positive, we're supporting the team. All of a sudden with the team falling out of the playoff picture or starting to at least, that's a much bigger blow to you. Yeah. I, I, something that's so interesting to me that and, and, and that I don't quite understand is that I, I would think that like if you're a fan of the team and this fandom is is such a weird thing to me now because I always had a weird relationship with it where I could never get as insane as other people like I remember going to junior hockey games when I was like like going to junior um Vancouver Giants games in their heyday mm-hmm. right right um in their, Don, I, in their Don heyday <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> boom <That's crazy. laughs> when I was about 13 13, 14, and thinking even back then when I was like a major, major hockey fan and no like no advanced stats, no blogging, none of that shit. It was just like I was just a fan. Just vibing. I remember just vibing. Forget about it. (laughs) I would see like adults yelling at like 19-year-old players and more more specifically like referees like awful Mm. shit Mm -hmm. and just being like as a 13-year-old being like, that's weird. This is a lot. This doesn't yeah. seem good. Yeah. Like, and I was, and, and, but at the same time, like, I knew more, I probably knew more about the players than, like, that guy who was yelling. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, like, if, if you pulled the two of us, I would be able to tell you, like, where these players got drafted to. And, he, and, you know, and this guy would have been, like, oh, fucking, the, the heart of the Vancouver Giants is Wacy Rabbit. That's what I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's remember some guys. <laughs> Um, the the mind of like a twelve year old hockey fan, yeah, uh, that's like really into it. They could kick any other demographics. It's totally hockey true. trivia. Yeah, just the amount of stats that I just consumed, or like record stuff. Yeah, like, totally. Who had the most goals yeah. and yeah. blah blah blah. Yeah, a hundred percent. No, um, but it's it, it would it would I would think that if you're a fan of the team, you would be a fan. The thing that you get that you get the attachment to is the players. Because for me, even when uh even though I'm I now consider myself pretty detached from the whole thing, when I get emotional, it's always centered around the players and the people. Yep. Um I don't care about the outcomes of games that much, but when I see the Sedians score an overtime goal in their last home game and hug Brad Richardson, I get emotional at, at that. Yeah. That's what I care about. I care and and, and if a guy gets hit I get emotional about that. Like mm-hmm. I can't, I kind of can't help it. Mm-hmm. And, and so sometimes even when I shouldn't, I'm inclined to defend players. I've always been a defend players guy, even when I probably shouldn't have been with, with guys like Nikolai Goldobin or like, um, or even like Ben Hutton, who by the way is having an amazing season. In LA. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, yeah. Daryl, Daryl keeping <laughs> has been doing a, a, like a victory lap about that Damn. one. Um, yeah, turns out uh, maybe attaching somebody at the hip to Eric and Branson is not like the best oh, way God. to get a good performance out of them. But anyways, um, what I don't really get is that a lot of these people, uh, they it's like now that things are going poorly, they committed to, I guess, defending the management. And so now they have to blame the players because it's like, well, no, the management did everything perfectly. I see what you're saying. They did everything perfectly. And so the only reason that they could possibly be blowing it is because the players are just blowing it because they don't care or they don't try hard enough or whatever. Or there's, and like, 
It just seems to me like that's they gave so Travis all the pieces. Yeah, right? exactly. Or yeah. or they blame yeah. Travis Green too. That's the yeah. other thing. Like I actually think Travis Green is a if I was going to like guess, I mean, f- people ask me about coaches all the time and my response is always like, fuck man, I don't know. It's such a perfect like Dunning-Kruger thing where the more I learned about hockey, the <laughs> less confident I was that I knew anything about coaches. Yeah. And, but if I was going to guess, I would say like, okay, if median median coach is like the 16th best coach in the league. Travis Green is like a couple notches above that. Mm-hmm. That'd be my guess. Yeah. He's like slightly above average. He's being, isn't he being like, uh, what was that thing I saw about him being third for like Jack Adams? I like could 100% see that. Pre voting, yeah. like, kind of like thing? pre, uh, like, yeah, uh, if they make it early. Yeah, I think it's going to be dependent a lot on if they make it. But, anyways, mm-hmm. the thing that I don't get is that. If you're a fan of the the team, wouldn't you be a fan of the players, not the management? Like, who cares about the management? It's a guy you never see, you never interact with, that doesn't do anything for you. The thing that you ostensibly Probably interact with the owners more. Yeah, it's, it's it's just it's really interesting how much this thing happens in the media, where like not to get all vulgar Marxist on everybody, but it's like we blame the laborers and not. The owner, the ownership, essentially, and the thing that we talked—I—I I don't know if this made it into the show or not, but but we were talking earlier about how it sucks that you have to give Jim Benning a hard time when really it's the ownership's mm-hmm. fault. Yeah. But the thing is, is that when you attack the general manager, even though technically the general manager I think makes less money than most of the players, what you're essentially doing is you're attacking the ownership of the team yeah. because the general manager yeah. is the owner's. Uh, representative, it, it right? Comes down to there's players, and then there's where the buck stops. Exactly, and yeah. So it just seems strange to me that we're just going to go through this cycle forever. Um, and and you can bet a hundred percent. What was yeah. it like when Gillis was around? Like, did did fans? Was there a weird contingent of fans that were like? <sighs> That's really what, interesting. When so, when you brought up the thing about like it took. Four to f- it takes four to five years for people to finally criticize the general manager. It pro- totally wasn't like that with Gillis. Like within a year. No, I know. It wasn't like that with Gillis at all. Yeah. But Gillis also had a lot of really high profile like issues, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but from what I remember, I think there was a lot of buy-in for Burke and Nonus as well. So I think Gillis is yeah. the, the mm-hmm. outlier. Oh, here. I see. Okay. And so my theory, and this has been something that's been on my mind for a while now but i feel like now is a good time to articulate it because not a ton of stuff happened this week so we have time but something that's been on my mind recently is that it seems like basically the media is able to basically kind of manufacture a lot of consent in this town (laughs) as much as i hate to to use those kind to use that kind of terminology random tidbit yeah. Have you ever watched the documentary Manufacturing Consent? I've watched uh, like 75% of it. Okay. The first five minutes, he's giving a speech from what town? Anybody? I can't remember. Nanaimo, British Columbia. That's right. Thank you. Yeah, I knew it was somewhere in BC, somewhere weird, but that's funny. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Uh, no, that's great. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, basically, you start to see when you when you come at hockey from the angle of like somebody who doesn't just think about hockey and spends a lot of time thinking about other stuff. Something you start to see, especially in Vancouver, but also with the national media and stuff, is you look at, like, how this all works, right? And so, 
who makes the stories? It's the journalists. And how do the journalists make the stories? Well, they have to have access. And I don't even mean this in a conspiratorial way. I, I literally just... This is literally just the the byproduct of having to be around people all the time and wanting to get along with those yeah, people. Yeah. Like it's normal at my work life, at my day job, there are people that I wouldn't necessarily normally have a lot of time for that I have to be nice to because it's just easier. Yeah, you can't be nice right. out to everybody around. Exactly. So all the time. So it behooves all the journalists in that room to be nice to the team. That doesn't mean that they like are going to just write puff pieces all the time, although a few guys definitely do. But there's a, you know, I know that this is true because I know guys that that do this job. There's some stuff that you just, you don't bother to get into it because it's just not worth it for you, right? Then on the other side of things, there's there's a, a you scratch my back, I scratch yours kind of relationship that, most GMs in this city have had with journalists that mm-hmm. Gillis did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a big part of that is that a lot of people who work in national media, especially, and, and are on TV, which is like the biggest way that you get that messaging out to people, are former players. And so, and former GMs. And so, like, in Brian... small community. Brian Burke and... Community. Yeah, a very small community. But, like, guys like Brian Burke and Doug McLean and, like, Guys who have a relationship with these um, guys shit their pants on on plane rides together. <laughs> <laughs> That's how small this community yes, is. Yes, exactly. The degrees but, of separation between two men in this community <laughs> who've been thrown these, off a plane. These guys, they, they allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> a lot of the time, they're they're former players, they're former executives, they're guys who used to work in the league, and now they work on the media side of things. And th- what was their relationship with Gillis? Well, Gillis was an agent, mm-hmm. so they fucking hate this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, why they don't like they don't like him? They like, you know, Jim Benning or Brian Burke, who's been working in hockey for years and leaks them stuff so they can get their scoops. Yeah. Right. The thing that people don't understand is that Jim Benning has actually been put in a really easy position in Vancouver in terms of media coverage in comparison to the last guy who was in charge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, but if you look at their records, like just at how the team did, no. Like, setting aside context or whatever, like, it's insane that Mike Gillis would get more shit than Jim Benning. Like, that team was good, and this team hasn't been until mm-hmm. maybe this year. We'll see. It makes me wonder about the question of, like, I, w- I don't usually listen to 31 Thoughts, but sure. I was like, shit, I haven't watched a hockey game in a long time. This <laughs> one's about Travis Green. Yeah. Maybe there's something about it. Uh, no, there's nothing in there. Coaches yeah. are extremely boring. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, Travis is, to be honest. Uh, but they yeah, think were so too. talking about like tough media markets and Vancouver being arguably yeah. the hardest one, uh, which is flat out insane. First of all, Brian Burke. No way, Vancouver's worse than Toronto. Brian yeah. Burke had the best line. Actually, Friedman thinks that it's worse than Toronto. Yeah, but the reason Friedman thinks that I don't believe the that, reason but... Friedman thinks that is because he's in Toronto. So he knows what's yeah. going on in Toronto. So he you can think say Todd stuff. Forty four is running around with a knife. <laughs> yeah. Well. Okay. No. But this guy's he, the most powerful guy. <laughs> what he thinks, though, is he thinks that Vancouver is worse because he comes out here two times a month, doesn't watch any of the fucking games because they're three hours later over there, and then says something wrong, and then people are like, "Hey, moron, you're wrong." 
And then he's like, wow, toxic media environment. And it's like, no, just be better. Don't say things that are wrong that are going to piss people off. Like, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, of course, you don't think your home market is that bad. Because you know that market. Because yeah, you know what the but third mar- rails but, are. Um, exactly. But yeah. Brian Burke had the best line on this. The worst media market in all of hockey is Montreal. Because everywhere else you're stupid. But in Montreal you're stupid in two languages. <laughs> That's good. And he's right. He's, yeah. he's, he is right. Montreal is the hardest. Yeah. No question. They have that TMZ kind of relationship with their hockey players. Um, the coach Toronto, gets to be picked by the Hells Angels. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sorry, but the, the Elliot Friedman stuff, and he's the I think the biggest guy for saying that Vancouver's the hardest market for sure. The Elliot Friedman stuff is literally Bernie Bros in my mentions yeah. doing targeted mm-hmm. harassment. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah, literally based on now. Twitter. Mm-hmm. It's not based on anything else. Like, I'm, I'm going to admit the last five minutes I've been trying to remember a Mike Gillis quote so that I could say it in Sanders' voice, but I can't. <laughs> But I think the last five minutes should be its own clip. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, my, the only Gillis uh, quote that I remember is him being on the radio with uh, with Moj and just going, "Who are you again?" <laughs> um, you know, just people, and he's like, "Oh, Moj, you're you're like the fat bald one, right?" <laughs> Yeah, he God didn't bless. like the media. That's the thing, though. Like, like it's it is so funny how people think everything is so media driven and agenda driven, and it's like, yes, it is, but not in the way that you think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, mm-hmm. is that Vancouver might be a tough market for the fans, but part of the reason the fans on Twitter are so mean is that the media itself is goes really easy on them. Yeah, you know? especially. Yes. Especially, we have to take it upon ourselves with our dearly departed Jason Botchford exactly. not being here anymore. Even right? more so, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess that's not that we really talked about the Markstrom injury that much, but we <laughs> we touched on a number of different things as yeah. it as it relates to Jason the Canucks Martin, are so. fucked. I mean, do and you think we so? thought that we, we knew they were fucked this whole time, and now we're <laughs> just being proven right. And that's, that's it is funny. I thought they were going to win that game in Columbus, and I was preparing to make a joke about how we had to, we'd have to, you know, wait to, until they lost again to do an, to yeah. Do an episode. Yeah, 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 but yeah. honestly, the, the funniest thing about all of this is that I understand why people are, are worried, but ironically, I'm the one in the position to say, like, guys, calm down. They're like, statistically, yeah, sorry. Based on <laughs> where they speech. are, I drank too much water before. I drank too much water, water. before we <laughs> started recording. Um, statistically, they should make the playoffs. Yeah. Where they're at right now, they have the best shot of all those teams in that kind of bot, you know, bottom end of the Pacific. Unless Anaheim, San Jose, and LA drop out and endorse give Edmonton. all their points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Endorse Arizona. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's exactly it. Like they, they're just. It's they should. And if they don't drop out and endorse Arizona, Austin Matthews is going to retire on air. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Fuck you, man. That's great. Oh, that was good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. That having said that, that's really good. Yeah. Having said that, uh, if you oh, were gonna. <laughs> If you were going to draw up a way for the Canucks to blow it and miss the playoffs, this would be it. Yeah. And they're yeah, trending sure. in a very bad direction. But the thing is, is that, like, they really only have to play 500 hockey down the stretch to make the playoffs, probably. They, and they're playing a lot of games yeah. at home, right? 
They are, and they've been very we, good at home. More of our home games were set were scheduled yeah. for the end of the season. It's it's and it's one of those things too where like you can say I saw someone say like oh they have like the twelfth hardest schedule down the stretch and the second hardest in the Pacific or something throughout but, the whole season though no for over the next oh I see yeah over okay. over the next stretch of games okay uh, towards the end of the year but at the same time at this time of year it's really really hard to tell because. Like, they have three games against Arizona. Who knows how that's going to go? And then they also have two games against Vegas, which you would normally go, oh, that's an ugly matchup for them. That's not going to go well. But there's a very decent chance that by the time they're playing it, Vegas is going like, okay, our best players are a little banged up. We're going to sit them in the press box Mm -hmm. and get ready for the playoffs Mm -hmm. because we feel like we're going to go on a long run. So sometimes it's actually really easy to beat those teams. Yeah. So... And Honestly, like, at this like, point, if you, we it, we tend to win at the end of the season when we're trying to tank. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably for that reason. Um, I, I, who knows? But I do find it interesting that how how fragile people can get when mm-hmm. when it's just like this is where the the way you feel right now is how you should have felt all season. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, are they going to do it? Because that's that's the quality of team that they are. Mm-hmm. They're a team that yeah. that makes the makes or misses the playoffs by like four points. Mm-hmm. That's enough of that. Um, we talked last week about David Ayers, and there's been an update on that situation. I would say, really, because so I haven't followed any of this, but I I feel like so there's an attack on ebugs. You might say that. You might say some I, people I are did, trying to that, chase that. those ebugs from their no. position. <laughs> Vias is so mad at me right now. <laughs> Please go on. <laughs> um, the what's basically happened is since since the David Ayers incident, most people have taken this for what it is. It's a fun story. Ayers was on Colbert and all that, and, and oh, yeah, people really? have had a good time. Really? Yeah, people have had a good time with it as they should. But there is a small contingency of people, specifically very very much hockey people. People are mad about this shit. Yep. But they want to change the e-bug system. <laughs> and, okay, it's, so I... Uh, they have a good point. They do have a very good point, actually. I, I, I want to like, try to approach this from two different angles because as a fan, this is a rare enough thing that it's so much fun when it happens. It's so cool when yeah. it happens. Yeah. Like, like, it really is... It hasn't happened that much like this is one of those hard things to account for three e-bugs have played like more than one second of hockey in the last 10 years exactly like it's 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 chicago faced a shot yeah so there's a chicago guy right yep scott foster scott foster and then now also carolina hurricanes put their actually their goaltender coach in for like 30 seconds Ah. but he didn't face a single shot yes so it Correct me if I'm wrong, but in the last ten years, the record of e-bugs is they have an above 500 record, yeah. right? Yeah. Because <laughs> yep. Scott Foster won too. Yeah. Um, he didn't get the win, but Chicago but he won the but head. Chicago won the game. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what's happened? It's a so it's a small contingency of people. They're hockey people, mostly led. I would say the person leading the charge is Brian Burke. Who else? Um, Brian Burke just hates anything the Carolina Hurricanes do. <laughs> um, but. They're, they, as Elliot alluded to, they do kind of have a good point here, which is that you know that game 
is a game between two teams that are in a playoff hunt that are really close together to each other in the standings. And you have this hypothetical or no, no, that's, that's what happened. What what happened like, like, like in that situation. And you have the future of both of those teams riding on a 43 year old Zamboni driver who's employed by the Leafs. Um, and that's, is that the problem? The part where I, that is where I buy. It's a problem is the fact that he is employed by the Leafs. Yeah. Which is, which you could argue is a conflict of interest. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I do, understand the root of the issue but at the same time have a fucking be mad about it like yeah exactly (laughs) like it's just it's one of those things where hockey is hockey needs to make a decision here about what it wants to be I think and this is a perfect example of it where it's like do you want to be golf or do you want to be the NBA well it's it's not even that though like I think it's like do you want to embrace that you're the little brother sport mm. or do you mm-hmm. want to try to compete with the big dogs? Mm-hmm. And this e-bug thing, like I've heard stories from a lot of people that this was a thing that like got people that previously weren't that interested in hockey into it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. and I, I, you know, like our whole fucking Patreon feed is like devoted to shit like this, yeah. like the fun and hockey is so good for that. It's so much better for that than other sports, in my opinion, because of all the randomness that's involved. And the thing is, is that like you have a rule where if a player accidentally uh, flicks the puck over the glass, a thing that happens like constantly in games, they'll get a two minute penalty and and it's fine potentially if a, destroying a playoff it's race, fine yeah. if a playoff race is decided by that but not by yeah. an e-bug and i mean and like i'm burying the lead here because a lot of like poc and women have pointed out that like oh really this is the thing we're all going to get together and say is not okay about the <laughs> nhl not yeah. all the other like not all the racism and yeah. homophobia yeah where's Brian blah. Burke for that shit I mean, yeah. Brian I mean, Brian Burke's pretty good on yeah, homophobia, actually. Right. But yep. yeah. I actually, I actually really like Brian Burke. Yeah. If we're being honest, I, I have a lot of time for Brian Burke. But I have lots of reasons to hate him, but yet I don't. No, it's it's because <laughs> he's part of the reason that I don't like Brian Burke that much is because there's so much stuff that I do agree with him on. So it's more frustrating when he's a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. fair. I, 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 my thing with Brian Burke is I just respect people who realize that they're in the entertainment business, and he yes. is good at being the guy he's supposed to be and and he's I want him to be the villain of the nhl exactly yeah i appreciate him as that the person. best of my enemies yeah truly yeah. yeah um i don't know what do you what, what's your guys's take on on the e-bug thing should they make any changes at all is this just completely stupid i mean the whole situation is extremely silly <laughs> but i also think that if hockey's gonna fall over itself about how all of its players are because I think hockey's the most up its ass in terms of all the major sports about how good hockey players are. Well, it's the oh, only 100%. one of these sports with a stick in it. <laughs> Ayo. <laughs> yeah. So it's like you'd almost think that the real, like, true believer guys would be like, oh, yeah. I mean, obviously it's a conflict of interest, but there's no way a hockey player exactly. would do a bad job at being an e-bug because, simply because it's Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment that's signing his paychecks, not uh, rally exactly right like i yeah. I, I think but i think i think for some people they were saying that the conflict of interest was like well the leafs didn't want to embarrass him oh that's stupid so but that seems that, that almost strikes me as like 
that is probably what the hockey men are actually think is the bigger would any of this be a problem if it had happened to any other team other than toronto yeah the fact that it's toronto is the reason why because when it happened to chicago it was a cute story and everybody thought it was a cute story yeah yeah. And I think also the fact that the winning team was Carolina, who a lot of people I'm just gonna like I'm just gonna say it right now. The Canucks are obviously they're the team that I have the biggest relationship with. It it goes you know the scene in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood where the narrator call says that uh Brad Pitt's relationship with Leonardo DiCaprio is a little more than a brother and a little less than a wife. <laughs> That's kinda how I feel about the Canucks. <laughs> It's like, it's not like fan isn't the right word. It's a different thing. Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit more than fan and a little bit less than media. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I almost don't count them because they're just this different thing in terms of hockey. But like my favorite team is the Carolina Hurricanes. They're the oh, team. Yeah, they're just fun. That like I unambiguously root for. Um, not in games against the Canucks because it's like that's then it's just academic. But like, <laughs> w- w- once the playoffs start, if they're in the playoffs and the Canucks aren't, they're going to be my team. No question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, well, I, but I, the reason for that is because they or part of the reason anyways, is because they're so, they're like the anti-establishment team yeah. and a lot of guys really right. hate them in terms that. of having fun. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like my, for my take on this, besides what I've already said is, couldn't you solve the e-bug conflict? Like if what they care about is a conflict of interest, just make it so the goalie you get to sign is not somehow under contract by that <laughs> yeah. team. You uh, Like the Canucks, when they got Chris Levesque, he yeah. played for UBC. UBC has no relationship with the Canucks. Yes. Yeah, the Canucks well, practice how to duck. And the funny like, thing about this, word, too, is that it's changed and the system is actually better than it used to be, to the best of my knowledge, because the NHL released today that they have a list of 168, I believe, Mm. Uh, correct me if somebody a listener can correct me on that if i'm wrong uh pre-approved e-bugs for 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 this situation so this was not like like the chris levesque thing was like they had to find a guy from ubc uh, i see right like this is all right. every, everything's already been handled with this and and david Ayers was their guy mm-hmm. so it's like you can't really get mad like you could maybe use this as an opportunity to, to hey we should maybe like up the standard for who the e-bug yeah. is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think like, a thing that like the thing that would make the best sense is like college players um, from nearby or, or, you know, like, like that sort of, that sort of thing. But I, I, I don't know. I'm sure there's other, other options. Yeah, but I mean, The problem to. is that always it's going to be a guy who's local to the home team. Yeah, exactly. Right. And if he's being paid on retainer to show up to the game and be ready to go, He's always going to be getting paid by the home team. Yeah, I mean, exactly. maybe you make the league pay for it. The thing that I think mm-hmm. will be the change here is mm-hmm. that if teams start carrying a third goaltender on their payroll to travel, yeah, because like I can see it as a huge thing. Is if you That'd just hire, you know, a David Ayers, or <laughs> if you hire a guy who doesn't want to travel, uh, the guy that the Canucks picked up last season, for example, yeah, they traded a seventh for. Whose name escapes me Zane, at the moment? It, was it Zane McIntyre? No, it was no Merrick Manzanitz. Oh, right, Manzanitz. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and he was tired of traveling. And like, if you said, "Hey, you're not going to get traded. You're going to be on an NHL practice squad." Yeah, and so this way, like, we don't have to beat up Markstrom and Demko. You know, maybe he'll take that, and then yeah, you use them. Maybe as the there is a, an option for that. That the the what makes 
But I think that'll have to come from teams carrying a practice goalie. Exactly. And then it infecting the e-bug. That's a, the other way that's a lot of payroll money. I could totally see like that would be a red line for the. Yeah, for well, it's it's so. the thing that makes this so difficult is that like it's already really inconvenient just having two goalies, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then yeah. so having a third one who because the thing is managing that relationship is so. <laughs> Sorry, I just imagine you know how in some arenas uh, the bench is too short for the backup goalie to sit there, and yeah. they have to sit like in the stands somehow in the stands for some reason yeah the fucking third goalie like also the, it's just the two backup goalies <laughs> sitting in the yeah no exactly like uh, i mean the, the images would be hilarious yeah. from that but yeah I, I i don't know this seems like one of those things yeah. where it's like how much of it is a problem there are so many things in hockey history where you can be like man that's really dumb that a game was decided by that and with this, I do think it's one of those things where it's like Carolina won this game fair and square. They won because they played the kind of hockey where a random guy who knew how to play goal could get saves. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and that's why they won. They did not like they didn't win because the Maple Leafs felt bad and stopped trying. No, they just completely shut down the Leafs because they knew they had a 45 year old dude Who's like a dude? Yeah, in that <laughs> exactly. Um, moving on from that, yeah. there's there's a couple last notes of interest. Um, I don't think we really need to get into the Travis Green Jeff Patterson thing because it was weird, and I don't know that much about it. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone any of us can explain what happened. Exactly. I, all yeah. I know is the person who loses lease is that he just didn't want to talk to him. That's yeah. It's it's been complicated. There's been conflicting reports. If you wanted us to tackle that, um, my position on it is: once I know what happened, once I know more <laughs> about it, we can talk about it if it's interesting. But at this like, point, I always thought they were just like joking around. Yeah, I mean, I I know people who were in the room for that, and they're saying that like it's kind of been blown out of proportion. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, I'm going to take their word for it, sort of. Um, but there there was another thing that came in just under the wire, just under we're recording it. So it may become, it may not turn into anything or it may turn into a bigger story as, as the days go by. But there was an article in the Hockey News today. I believe it came out today, or at least people seem to latch onto it today, mm-hmm. where Quinn Hughes essentially talked himself up in terms of the Calder race. I'm just going to read the quote here so that everybody has the full idea. It's from an article by Ken Campbell called Quinn Hughes has officially made the Calder Trophy pursuit a two-horse race. So I'm just going to read the quote here. If you're wondering well, whether... Well, nice Quinn to invite Kale McCarr into the race. <laughs> That's right, yes. <laughs> um, if you're wondering whether Hughes himself thinks he should be seriously considered for Rookie of the Year honors... Well, he certainly does. He acknowledges he's making a pretty good case for himself. Yeah, for sure. I think so, Hughes said. I'm not the one making the call, but especially over the last 30 games, I don't know if anyone has been better than me. Mm -hmm. So that's what he said. And a lot of people are very upset about this. (laughs) Um, Namely, I'm just going to... I wasn't going to read this because um, I was like, oh, it's some random, like, fucking, like... P. Lowell. <laughs> no, I, 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 it was. I was like, oh, it's just some random like Avs fan account that. But he has like literally six times as many followers as me, so I don't feel bad anymore. Hey, can we like at him? 
when we post this episode and just try to cause a fire. Oh, 100 percent Yeah. If you want me to, I can I can put in the description of the episode. This episode is about this, this, and why at Kitch Mook is stupid. Hell yes. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that if you want me to do that. Okay. Um so yeah, this Twitter user whose <laughs> whose screen name is Avalanche Forever with a period and capital letters on A and F in Avalanche and Forever. Okay. Um uh, tweeted out the the score article on this subject, um, saying, "As Quinn Hughes's team loses game after game, he's a constant minus and is putting up basically no points. While they're in the thick of the playoff race, this guy is more worried about winning a Calder than helping the team win." This quote from Quinn Hughes speaks volumes. So I was very quick to point out that. Uh, Hughes has one less game in February and five more points than McCarr does. Wow. So if anybody's fucking blowing it in their playoff race, it's Kale McCarr. But um, and Quinn is like he really wants to push himself. That's right. And one yeah. way in doing that was killing Jacob Markstrom <laughs> so that he could prove to the league that it's not just Markstrom keeping the Canucks. It's in the uh, Quinn Hughes' fault that uh, the Canucks are bad yes. and that they blew a lead. Uh, in the last eight first. minutes, where he played one minute of those eight <laughs> minutes, um, it's this. This whole thing's been very funny because, first of all, it's a perfect example of everybody claims that they want the players to show more personality, and then they do even the <laughs> wildest fucking... thing, and everybody flips out. Yeah. And the second thing is like they're really passing this off. I've like I've watched Quinn Hughes get interviewed all year. Quinn Hughes is not a cocky person mm-hmm. he just tries to give honest um thoughtful answers to questions yeah and so he L- said literally today in that travis green interview that i yeah. listened to uh they were trying to egg him on and be like egg travis on and yeah. be like oh who's like the cockier guy in the in the, in the dressing room yeah. and stuff like who, who who pushes back yeah and travis green was like yeah i mean quinn really get into it and they're like yeah. really he's like no <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> never yeah like like he picked quinn because Probably because that was like the funniest person he could have picked. Yeah, because, because Quinn is like, probably really polite. And yeah, exactly. He's like, the dude is like he's ten guy. Like he's he's too <laughs> like he's not uh, he's he's not sober enough most of the time <laughs> yeah. to be. Although I did see one thing that was really Travis funny. Really anxious. Can you not speak to me? <laughs> like right now? Um, you know how people were calling him Huggy Bear earlier in the. In oh, the season, yeah. right? Yeah, like we talked a little yeah, bit about yeah. that. I saw somebody call him uh, Smuggy Bear as like a, as like uh, an endearing okay. thing. I thought that's that was... the only good trash talk you're allowed to. <laughs> well, it was it was a Canucks fan who was being like, well, yeah, yeah, cute or whatever. But yeah, no, I thought it was funny. Um, but yeah, first of all, the the personality thing is so frustrating because he's just he's literally just saying I've played well, which is good. You should say that. And second of all, more importantly. What he said is objectively correct. Over the last 30 games, like, he literally has, he's literally saying, like, recently, over that period of time where I've played really well and improved and my numbers have improved and Kale McCarr has plateaued, I've, I feel like I've been the best rookie in the league. Like, I, I will that's s- correct. <laughs> yeah, I will say on the, yes. the, the two points you said, the second one I agree with, the first mm-hmm. one, I thought it actually was pretty cocky. Really? say that. Okay. What were the, uh, sorry, could you read out the words one, like just one more time? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I think so. I'm not the one making the call, but especially the last 30 games, I don't know if anyone has been better than me. Any player saying, I don't know if anybody's been better than me. But he's talking specifically about rookies. 
Like it's yeah, not yeah, like yeah. you're saying yeah, no, I'm. I the, yeah, yeah. I, I know that, but but still knowing that there is a clear like other guy in the race. Yeah. You don't usually hear people comment like that. It's true. That's cocky, and but but for the right reasons. And yeah, and I like I and like within a that. reasonable like framework. Yeah. Like he didn't say the guy's name. He didn't like. He wasn't. And literally adding that caveat too of the last thirty games. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like he's saying like, "Well, I've been way better," or like, yeah. "Oh yeah, I'm the better player." He was literally like, "I feel like I've put my distance, put some distance between me and the other guy yeah. over this last little stretch of games." Yeah. Um, I I totally understand why it would piss off other fans. Oh, totally. I know, but it's also yeah. Oh, yeah. it's also like my understanding from talking to a couple other media guys too is that there's more to the quote that didn't get mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that didn't get mm-hmm. published because, of course, that's what people do. Yeah. Um, anyways, I I just I'm gonna use this as uh, a re um. What's what's the word I'm looking for? As a, a renewed ism. Like I want to renew the call to do targeted harassment and get Quinn Hughes this Calder mm-hmm. because you know they're 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 <laughs> you know they're they're trying to uh, sow division amongst our <laughs> ranks. <laughs> Look, what I'm saying is, yeah. if your podcast got listens, a post got you there. When your blog gets reads. A post got you there. The PHWA and the score and the Colorado Avalanche are trying to sow division <laughs> amongst our ranks when what we need right now is solidarity. <laughs> solidarity! Very good. I keep trying to think of the, if we can light up. <laughs> Mallory had it best. We're going to yeah. try to get it out of her. Uh Something, something, something. Then we can light up the Las Vegas Convention Center yeah. <laughs> where the NHL awards are going to be. I I think that the Canucks fans don't get much. The team is not good. Like I've been saying that for a long time, and all these Colorado at Colorado Avalanche fans that try to give the Canucks a hard time for being bad and the fact that they might miss the playoffs again. It's like, yeah, you're right. That's completely correct. Uh, which is why you're going to have to eat shit on the fact that our rookie is better than yours. Mm-hmm. Because that's here's the thing, too. If Quinn Hughes was playing on the power play with fucking Nathan McKinnon all the time, like, he'd probably have a bajillion points. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't mean to disparage Kel McCarr. He's got a very good shot, and he's a good player, but look, Quinn Hughes has been better. Look, anything yeah. that could rekindle the kind of, like, early 2000s rivalries that I so I so dearly miss uh, gets me going. So let's go do the Steve Moore thing again. <laughs> <laughs> but to Bleep. Kale McCarr's chances, chances at the Calder. The Calder. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, um, this has been another episode of Roxy Fever. Uh, please ch- check out the Patreon. I'm yeah. feeling really, really, really good, good episode. Yeah, Seriously, really good. Throw in the this five week. bucks. You can take it away at the end of the month. No, you can't. Just kidding. <laughs> you could if you wanted. Maybe to. if you want. If you to. don't like it, you certainly can't. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, we we've we've done two really good heritage moments. And if you like all the tangents we go off on about the random shit from Canucks history, you're really gonna enjoy it. And the the other thing too is you know, like we don't want to do ads. I increasingly. Um, don't like the idea of trying to be employed in traditional media because I think it's kind of shitty and unethical. So um, 
you know, your donations help. We're going to use them for cool stuff. And we're also, you know, going to use them to keep me from getting broke as well, which is nice. Um, and yeah. just to just to reiterate what the heritage moments are about, they're mm-hmm. probably like this is one string of types of uh, patron episodes you want to do. And I think we could probably ride them out for a long time. Absolutely. There's lots yeah. of interesting moments in Canucks history. Um, but it's effectively like uh, a fly episode or, or just like it's uh, we focus on one event in Canucks history. Uh, we try to keep it to that event, and uh, we discuss it. Uh, we 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 won't do things like Game Seven of the 2011 Finals. No, absolutely. We're do, because we're everybody do... knows about those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The stuff that everybody knows about, like we just did one on the peanut butter uh, incident. thing, the incident, peanut butter incident from 2016 uh, with Danny Potvin and uh, and the Sedins. And then we did uh, vote for Rory in our first mm-hmm. episode, and there's yeah. going to be a lot more. You know, if you know those two stories, then you know some of the other stuff that's going to get brought up. So yeah, like we might, we'd lo- I'd love to do one about like the Fial brothers. Absolutely, uh, yes. Sean Pronger, Fedor Fedorov, etc. Uh, Steve Korea. Yes, that one. was the one I was trying to remember. Yes, <laughs> yeah. thank you. Things like that. <laughs> Things of that nature. <laughs> <laughs> Things of that nature. Yes. Um. Yeah. On that note, you can follow me on Twitter at McDonald. You can follow me at Vyasaran. You can follow me at Moose Kayak. And uh, make sure to just continue to send every possible negative uh, harassing message that you can think of to Mm -hmm. members of the PHWA on Twitter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm.